of a game day Bucks winning edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energize. PewterReport.com. With me on the post game podcast, party as the Bucks win 31 to 29 over visiting Dallas Cowboys to start the season 1 0 is the one and only man, the myth, the legend himself, Scott Reynolds, who may not have my volume and voice, but his jubilation at this victory cannot be bested by even me. Scott, how are you on this fine evening? I'm I'm doing I'm doing good. I would say Ryan Suckup is doing fantastic. It was absolutely perfect. So when yeah, you look, are. what's that? But he's happy. I know. I promise. I Bucks win 31 29. He wasn't muted a second ago. All right. How about that? Can you hear me now? Still can't hear him. Okay. Bucks win 31 29 over the Dallas Cowboys. Exciting, exciting times on the Peter Report podcast. Okay. Maybe it's get... just me. Everybody else here, Scott? Can you Maybe guys hear me? Scott? Let's see. Can everyone hear me? There we go. I got gotcha. you. Maybe okay. it was just me. All right. It might have been just you. Okay. Listen, Ryan suck up. Okay. There he is. <laughs> perfect. He's perfect tonight. And just like I told you guys in the group chat, uh, with about a minute and a half left, I said, don't worry. I said, Ryan suck is going to win this game. And that's exactly what he did. Tom Brady, Ryan suck up. That's, that's a tough combo to beat. And uh, now listen, the Buccaneers just about beat themselves tonight, John. Okay. <laughs> You're not four, kidding, man. We got a lot to talk four about. Four turnovers. Four turnovers, and uh, you know they there was there was some luck involved in, in this win, but the Bucks did enough to win. And if you go back to Week One, it was ugly in New Orleans, but you lost. And one of the things that Bruce Arians says is it's always easier and better to correct mistakes and and you know learn from a right. win rather than a loss. And right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one and zero. And the Dallas Cowboys are 0-1 because yeah. the Bucks made the plays they needed to make down the stretch. Now it sucks because I lost a crap ton of money. <laughs> my bu- my bookie. 35 large. Oh, well, yeah. Thankfully, I'm going to get 25 of that back because of the, the lock of the season. I did that, and so I'm only like net minus $10 loss. So thank you, my bookie. But yeah, the Bucks didn't cover the spread. Um, it doesn't really matter, though. In the grand scheme of things, they're 1-0. And they've got a lot of learning to do. And boy, yeah. secondary's got some problems. Okay, this well, is not the grave digger unit that we saw back in in February, keeping Patrick Mahomes, right. Tyree Kill, all those guys right. out of the end zone. So it's and yes, there are some been, silver linings there, Scott, that I'll yeah. get to. But you're absolutely right that, that that group struggled mightily in this game. Now, here's a stat for you as we open things up. Bobby Belt over on Twitter tweeted this out. Cowboys uh, uh, writer. He says, Buccaneers are the first team in NFL history to lose the turnover margin by at least three, incur 100 penalty yards, allow 450 yards, and still win the game. So, Bucks won on a night where nobody else would ever have won in the history of the game because they're that good. Let's think about it that way. (laughs) But... Do you want to make this a habit? No, you Hell don't, no. Scott. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I've got some more stats for you. The Buccaneers now are – they won eight straight games when they scored 30 points or more dating back to last year. They've won nine straight games dating back to last year too. So they're finding a way to win games. And remember, uh, one of those, those games in that stretch was a very ugly win at Atlanta against the lowly Falcons. Remember that? Tampa Bay trailed yeah. 17-0 at halftime, scored 31 points to come back to win 31-27 in the second half. I got raked over the coals by Jason Light, who texted me when I tweeted uh, something like, uh, you know, th- there's no way this team is winning the Super Bowl, losing to the Falcons 17-0 at halftime, something to that effect. And, boy, I got the I got the tweet after the game for that. So, Listen, the, 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 I'm, I'm not trying to cause any alarm bells here, okay? The Bucks are going to be fine. they yeah, got some issues to fix in the secondary. And and unfortunately, and what to see, but Bruce Arians did say it was a dislocated elbow. Mm-hmm. At first, I for thought sure it was going to be a, a – first, I'm repeating. At first, yeah. I thought it was going to be a, uh, a like a, a broken arm, the way he fell on that. But thankfully, he only dislocated his, his elbow. So you can see it right there. They're holding his yeah. elbow. Great. Right. Great picture by Cliff Welch, our photographer, who was absolutely phenomenal in this game. Yeah, for sure. And there was so much in this game. I mean, so many things happened, Scott. We are going to have to try and really 
section ourselves here because we want to get all the pewter report staffers through here we're going to get people's game balls we're going to get a little bit of thoughts from everybody on the game and some big takeaways things like that everybody's going to come through like they always do on the post game podcast let's start with the statistics here let's start with the offensive side of the ball for the bucks we'll work our and we work our way the other way in a loss i don't know if you remember losses it's been a long time (laughs) but uh here we go tom brady 32 of 50 that part frustrates me because you'll see when the adjusted completion percentage comes out, at least yeah. six drops tonight, four four throwaways, I think, on the last drive, three right at the very end of the game, yeah. just intentional throwaways out of bounds. 379 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, neither of which were his fault. Tom yeah. Brady was utterly sensational, one of, if not his best game as a Buccaneer, in my opinion. There's no doubt. And uh, again, you just, you've just you seen him do this before. The Bucks came back to beat the Chargers at home, down 17-0. They did that on the road last year at Atlanta, down 17-0. So, you know, being down, what, a point to the Cowboys, mm-hmm. you know, why, why wouldn't you think that Tom Brady was going to lead this team back, especially when Ryan Suckup is your kicker? So, yes, a, a very outstanding night for Brady. And and also his his uh his buddy Rob Gronkowski picked up right where they left off at Raymond James Stadium in the Super Bowl with two tutties, eight catches, ninety yards. Gronk made some huge plays, probably none bigger than that twenty yard catch and run down the stretch. Of course, I mean his two touchdowns were were massive too. But right. let's face it, that twenty yard catch and run helped get the Bucks in field goal range for um for Ryan Suckup. And Rob Gronkowski just had a, an amazing night tonight. I, I thought it was one of his best games as a Buccaneer as well. Oh, yeah. And he's the forgotten guy, Scott. And I, if you get a chance to pull up those stats again, uh, yeah, I'd love to pull, for you to pull them up because I got a couple other things to touch on there. But, yeah, Rob Gronkowski, the forgotten man in a lot of ways in this team, over and over again because he's, yeah. a, he's a blocking tight end. But eight catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. And to me – he made some of the toughest catches out there, right? The back shoulder one. Yes. There was a tight window one <laughs> with Parsons all over him. Yes. He made some really tough – the one on the broken play where another guy's in his space for the touchdown. Yeah. The, uh, the first touchdown, I think it was. I mean, he made some really, really good plays tonight. His ball skills, again, he just comes down with the ball in those tough, tight situations. That's where Gronk is at his best. He was outstanding tonight. Antonio Brown – you know, he did have that. I look like a drop. I wish we would have gotten more better replays of it, but it looked like a drop over the middle that ended the one Bucks drive on third down. Brady found him and put one in his gut. Maybe the defenser poked it away at the last minute, but still five catches, 121 yards for AB. You have Godwin up over 100 yards. Okay, first, before I get to Godwin, because I want to talk about him a little bit, thoughts on Antonio Brown, Scott. I know last year you had some, yeah, is he really living up to expectations? You saw more big plays down the field in this game. Yes. That was what you wanted to see, right? No doubt. I mean, when you look at at uh, his his uh, completion, or I should say his his uh, yards after catch yeah. uh, ability, his his receiving average twenty four point two yards. Yeah, we that, wanted to see that's a little better, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We, yeah. It's better better than ten yards per catch. We wanted to see the down the field AB, and we saw that in glimpses last year against the Raiders, against the Falcons. You know, he made some big plays, but it was a slow start for AB. But I like this AB. I like this AB, especially with with his knee feeling better after that offseason knee surgery. So yeah, I think that that he just brings a, a, yet another playmaker. And it's it's funny, JC and I were talking about the fantasy element, and the guys we talked about were Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. And the one guy JC said to sit was Mike Evans. And it just you just got a feeling this was not going to be a Mike kind of game. That that the matchups really dictated that these guys, Gronkowski, Brown, and Godwin were going to star, and that's exactly what happened. And, yeah. and uh, you know, kudos to JC for nailing that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we're blowing up right now on the podcast. Tons of people on the show watching the live Pewter Report postgame podcast party, as we always do after the Bucks dubs. And, hey, listen, if you're watching the show right now, First of all, make sure you're subscribed to Pewter Report TV. Make sure you're subscribed to the Pewter Report podcast. We go live four days a week. We've got all kinds of more additional awesome content coming out. We're doing these live in-game streams all season long. We had thousands of people watching the live in-game stream That tonight. was fun. Very, very exciting stuff. And a lot the, of fun. We also had the, the debut of the Pewter pregame show, which was Pewter awesome. Pewter pregame show as well. Which Casey was great. Hudson was yes. on, JC, Matt mm-hmm. from the stadium, yourself, and then – um, I was a little bit thrown in there in the mix. And then, then yeah. you and, and Mark Schofield had a fantastic job 
yeah. uh, on the on the, the pewter game day program it's a blast absolutely so what i would love for y'all to do just grab the link to the youtube send it to another person another box fan that you know don't know if they're watching hey jump in here make sure you're checking out the show help us spread the word we're gonna be doing this after every game we're gonna be doing it through every game we've been on the air i think i've been on the air for like seven <laughs> hours now scott's is straight exactly um and so help us out by spreading the word and guess what if you know a cowboys fan send it that's right. Send them the link too. Yes, send the link to the Cowboys fans that you know. Get them in here too. They need to hear a little bit of this. We might say one or two positive things about the Cowboys. Let's go back to the offense, Scott, where you were just talking about. Yep. Chris Godwin, nine catches, 105 yards, a touchdown. Obviously, he did some great things in this game. Obviously, he made some great plays. But two drops, one of which was a huge play that would have put them inside the five-yard line. Yeah, I know it's a little bit of a tougher catch. You're tracking that ball around, but what first of all, what a throw from Brady! Oh, that he should was have had five hundred, fi- over five hundred <laughs> yards in this game. Honestly, yeah. when you think about some of the plays that were dropped, but then the fumble near the goal line for Godwin, a little bit of a frustrating night. That's uncharacteristic stuff yeah. for him. But when you trace it back to the last five games, remember last year, seven drops in the playoffs. We haven't really seen him be quite as reliable as he's been known to be, and I wonder what that means, but you still see the redemptive moment at the end of the game when he makes that back shoulder catch. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, listen, 24 yards on that catch and run, and that that really that combined with the, the Gronk 20-yard catch and run really put the Buccaneers in Ryan's second field goal range. Brady did the, the wise thing, three passes out of bounds, just to choose some clock mm-hmm. and, and not to have any um, you know, chance of, of losing the football with the right. turnover. Or getting or, tackled in bounds with no exactly, timeouts. exactly. They were, they were quick, you know, catch the ball, throw it out of bounds, waste a second or two, and just veteran savvy play from Brady. But yes, you'd love to see Chris Godwin come back and redeem himself. And that's just, you know, that's Chris Godwin. You know, right. you know that he's going to come back after a mistake and and rally, and he certainly did. Yeah, for sure. And we'll, I'm excited to see more of him this season. I think it's, yes, the performance itself wasn't everything you hoped it would be for sure, but you think about it. This could have been a 130-yard performance for Chris Godwin with you know the two drops, 11 catches. I mean, he had that. Right. He was open all the time. And that's yeah. the theme of this game, Scott. I thought Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians were masterful tonight. They did not try to overexert the run game. Yes, I think they could have run it on Dallas. They recognized early on it was going to be a shootout. They yeah. threw the ball a ton in this game. Obviously, 50 pass attempts for Brady, even though they were winning most of the game. Right. That ended up paying out for paying off for them in the end because they were aggressive throughout the game. They had an opportunity to win at the end where they might not have if they had not stayed <laughs> hey, as aggressive, especially with the turnout. Listen, Bucks fans, as as much as you want to get on Jamel Dean's case in this game, and I get it, he did not play well. He was targeted, he was grabby, there were penalties, he allowed catches, didn't tackle and wrap up on every single opportunity. But Anthony Brown on the other side, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, that cornerback got absolutely roasted. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think the better receiving core won tonight, but you have to give a hat tip to CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup missed most of the second half with a, an ankle sprain. Maybe that was some good luck for the Buccaneers because with Sean Murphy bunting out, Ross Cockrell was put into play, and you saw him get beat on that touchdown by Amari Cooper. And that's the thing about Cockrell is he's kind of a feast or famine guy. He'll make some plays in coverage, but he doesn't have the recovery speed. And, and once Cooper blew by him, I mean, that was all she wrote. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Cowboys' secondary – was more overmatched, in my opinion, Agreed. than the Bucks secondary even was. And we'll talk about the Bucks secondary in a second. But I well, think another big part of it, Scott, was yeah. – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, one thing that's not on here, it was special teams. And the special teams for the Bucks really won the game. It wasn't just the fact that Greg Zerline missed two field goals and an extra point. That was costly, obviously, from a scoring perspective. But when you look at, at – um, at the fact that it wasn't just Ryan Suckup perfect on his extra points and the game-winning field goal from 36 yards out. Bradley Pinion was an absolute weapon tonight. 49-yard yeah. average, a 45.8 net average. One of the best punters in the league, Scott. Yes, drilled drilled some some punts inside the 10-yard line. Great coverage by the Buccaneers. I think CeeDee Lamb had a 13-yard punt return. That was basically it. All six of Pinion's kick returns. I'm sorry, kickoffs were were not returned. They were through the end zone or into the end zone, all for touchbacks. So Bucks special teams and also 
Jaden Mickens, 41-yard kick return, helped set up Antonio Brown's 47-yard touchdown catch from Brady in uh, the second quarter. Mickens was the right call by Keith Armstrong and yes, Bruce Arians. Right call by the coaching staff. It really was. And Andrew yeah. Adams. Andrew Adams, Scott. Peter Report hero. I know right. he had the defensive pass interference. <laughs> I thought that was a BS call. Yeah. His, he, the catch that he allowed, he was right there. Great right. defensive play. But just that tackle a better catch and option throw. play. My the tackle goodness. and the option play. Oh, he had another one up huge. the middle. He had yep. two stops in the run game, two tackles for loss. I mean, it was. That's Jason Light yeah. right there, man. That's Jason Light in that depth. So those guys made a huge difference. I don't want to get too far out of ourselves because we will talk defense in a second. Yep. Back to offense just quickly. Yes, we want it. We're going to talk about running backs. I got to mention real quickly because they get forgotten. There were a couple penalties in the offensive line tonight, but overall, I felt like they played a really good game in terms of Brady protection. didn't get sacked. Brady yeah. didn't get sacked. Yeah. He had a lot of time, even on some plays where things didn't mess. Maybe a big play didn't happen. He was able to move in the pocket, get out of trouble. They at least gave him outlets, you know, to be able. And the Cowboys didn't blitz a ton. I didn't think, but right. I thought that the offensive line handled their job. Pretty well. I mean, there are a couple leaky moments here and there from Werfs and from um, from from uh, Donovan Smith, both of whom had their hands full. I mean, Demarcus yeah, Lawrence. Really hopefully, people know not to go off a box score. Demarcus <laughs> Lawrence is an animal for Dallas. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. And and I thought that that Randy Gregory was was not nearly as present in this game as Demarcus Lawrence was. And so, right. you know, that that's yeah. that's the one thing too is, um, it kind of surprised me a little bit that Dallas's offensive line was as formidable too. So really both the offensive lines played well. And, and I thought that, that the defensive lines for both teams played adequate, but ultimately very good pass protection by both Dallas only surrendering one sack. And then also Tampa Bay's, which didn't allow a single sack right. of Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. It's exciting stuff for the offensive line, because I think if they can protect like that this season or even better than that this season, I think the Bucks offense has a chance to do what they did in this game without the drops and the turnovers that happened. Two of those turnovers, Scott, happened at the hands of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette on back-to-back offensive plays that ended drives on the first play of drives. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish that you were on the stream when they happened because I know we would have been like, Leonard! We might need to add Ronald! I know, yes. Because this is getting to be a reputation with Rojo. Like, Again, we've said it all offseason long. He is clearly the more talented back, play him, yep. start him. But we've always added the caveat. That's if right. he's going to be the guy that beats your team, you can't play him. He beat the team. He made put the ball on the ground. He was holding it loose. It was a good play by DeMarcus Lawrence, but he was holding yep. it loose. He got benched for it. They go back to John, Fournette. We, 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 didn't, the good see, and the bad there, but, we yeah. didn't see Ronald Jones after that fumble, right? right? Four carries, 14 yards. That's it. Four touches, period. I mean, Leonard Fournette had nine carries for 32 yards, but then Fournette also was targeted seven times in the passing game with five catches, 27 yards, just kind of pedestrian. I think he picked up a couple first downs through the air. But you look at that difference, 16 opportunities. I'm going to include the targets there. Uh, and then when you include the, the actual touches, the catches, and the, the rushing attempts, you're looking at 14 touches compared to only four for Rojo. And yes, like you said, it was not a, a running back night, right? Byron Leftwich and and Bruce Arians did the right thing by making sure that that uh the right guys, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown touched the ball a hell of a lot more and got more opportunities. And that was the case. But it was clearly the Buccaneers coaches made up their mind once that Rojo fumble happened. It was Leonard Fournette's show from there on out. Yeah, and Fournette wasn't bad. There were good things. There were bad things. He wasn't horrible. But, yeah, five catches for 27 yards, a 5.4-yard average per catch. It's not as big a deal to me, <coughs> excuse me, when he's a checkdown option, Scott. Yeah. I'm frustrated by the fact that there are continually – there's still designed plays to Leonard Fournette. He is not <laughs> – that type of player with the ball in his hands or the ability to catch the ball. I mean, he, his drop was egregious. It was easy catch, egregious drop results in an interception, but Rojo gets benched and Leonard doesn't. And I'm just, I, what are your thoughts on that? To me, I don't understand. I know, and Giovanni Bernard, what's the deal? Was he not healthy? I, it's just a lot of yeah, mystery. Right I, now. I, I agree. There's some mystery. We'll find out more from Bruce Arians tomorrow. Um, I, I, listen, I think both backs are going to play. I think Ronald Jones is not buried for the season. I think he'll he'll have another opportunity. But clearly, when you make a mistake, 
and, and even Letter made a mistake, but I think the coaches trust him more. I think that's the thing. They trust him more on third downs, in passing situations. He's just a, a more rounded back. But you know who did not drop the ball tonight? This guy. All right. We're talking about we're talking about eight targets, eight catches for Rob Gronkowski. He was an absolute monster out there for the Buccaneers, scoring touchdowns, helping set up the game winning field goal, you know. And you know who else scores? This guy right here, Paul Adwell. How you doing? That's right. Skip Paul, what's up, man? You're muted. Let me unmute you. Sorry. There you go. My bad. There you go. There you go. What's up, man? Heart's racing too much after that game. I can barely figure out if I'm muted or not. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. What an unbelievable way to start the 2021 NFL season. For neutral fans, I'm sure that was way more enjoyable than it was for those of us who were like, man, we're really hoping to see a Bucks win or even Cowboys fans on the other side of it. You watched, and we'll get a lot of pewter reporters through here tonight. And so quickly with you, kind of what were two of your big takeaways from this game that you wanted to touch on that really jumped out to you as you watched? Sure. So I think um, there are a lot of things that jumped out, but just sticking with offense here for a second, I think overall the team looked way more cohesive. The pass protection was excellent uh, in terms of where Brady was with his receivers. It looked much better. Now, obviously there were a couple of pretty huge mistakes, but I think for the most part, you know, when it comes to that Fournette drop or especially the Godwin drops, I don't think those are things that you're going to expect to consistently happen. They're kind of more outliers, right? Um, yeah. Whereas I think there were some issues last year that we saw that seemed a bit more persistent and yes. uh, they didn't seem to, there were issues that you couldn't necessarily assume would be gone the next week. Yeah. And the other so, thing was, yeah. Sorry, can I ahead. jump in real quick? And I just wanted to add to that because I think it's a tremendous point. We are frustrated with the way some things went in that game. The bucks are frustrated with some way things went in that game offensively, but it did not feel like to me that there were a lot of sustainable pound your head against the wall because this team can't figure things out schematically or player usage or things like that felt like talent wise they kind of had it going on and scheme wise i thought it was one of Byron left for just best games and you could tell the playbook is open now brady knows everything they did a boot they did a play action boot with brady uh in the the (laughs) end zone or the red zone area that just you know a lot was open to them motion was heavily used we didn't see a ton of play action at least from what i was picking up while watching live but could see more of it but it, they were pass heavy throughout the game, 50 pass attempts for Brady, even though they're winning most of the time. Felt like they embraced a little bit more who they were, had a little bit clearer of an identity. The drops, five or six of them, the fumbles, the the turnovers, you know, the way that they happened, not, not the Hail Mary, I don't care about that, but the other three, super concerning, but not necessarily things that you're like, oh man, we need to go fix this schematically or change what we are, right, in terms of our identity. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, if you're, if there's anything to worry about, it might be the play action and early in the game, how much um, the first down play calling. But I mean, when the team is playing that well, how worried are you going to be really about that anyway? Right. And I think the second thing that really stuck out was how, I think, I don't know about you, but I thought Gio, uh, Gio played a lot less than I thought he would, especially in obvious passing situations. There were situations in the game where uh, if it's second and long, where, Leonard was in and they would go empty. And I brought this up during the preseason game where it doesn't really make sense to me why you would play Leonard Fournette when you're in empty formation, because now there's no longer the threat of the, of the run anyway. Right. So why not bring in geo? There are even some third downs, but I don't know if you guys noticed this. I have a feeling that geo might be not quite all the way up to speed with the playbook. It looked like on the last no huddle drive when geo was in Brady was calling, uh, you know, whatever the shorthand is for the plays. Brady says something, Gio's right next to him. And if you read his lips, it looks like he says, what does that mean? Or what's that? Or something like that. That's a good observation, Paul. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's maybe why we're not seeing as much of him as we might have expected to. Interesting. That'll be something. That's a good observation. That'll be something to ask uh, to maybe ask um, uh, Bruce Arians about this week too, or maybe tomorrow. Hey guys, I want to bring this to your attention real quick. Malcolm Hawthorne, where was OJ Howard? You know, I, I, I think OJ Howard, right, has not earned the trust yet from the coaching staff because when Rob Gronkowski was out of the game, Cam Bright was in. And yeah. we, we saw this team have the hesitancy not to play Jalen Darden because he did fumble on a pump return and, and made make some mistakes uh, with the ball in his hands, even as a receiver, not getting the first down when he had a 13-yard catch and going back and getting 12. So I think there's some trust 
element on this big stage. This team just didn't trust O.J. Howard tonight, nor did it trust Jalen Darden. It felt like they played everybody a little bit last year, like just kind of – remember Spurl Grayson was getting in games. Justin Watson was in there games. Yet. Justin you know? Watson was playing. Keyshawn Vaughn was in games early Keyshawn in the year. Vaughn just would randomly show up. And it felt like in this game they they said our big four are, are who they are, our top three receivers and Gronk. That's where we're going to go. Not that other guys won't catch the ball. We saw a little bit of Scotty. Tyler Johnson got a target. Scotty to get into the game. That's how, yes. how talented they are, right? Yeah. And that's – I think you're going to see Evans, Godwin, and A.B. play a lot of snaps this yeah. year if they're healthy. You'll see Godwin – and this is if everybody's healthy – Miller and Johnson, eight snaps or so, ten snaps. We'll see what the snap yeah. counts look like tomorrow. But, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good observation. <laughs> hey, Those three guys might play a lot. Ty, I've never in my 26 years of covering the Buccaneers, I've never seen a double penalty in that fashion where a guy gets flagged for pass interference and a face mask. Because that caused the pass interference. I've never seen a double penalty like that before. Also, I don't know that it was a, it was not a face mask. I don't believe on the replay. Uh, you're talking about the Jamal Dean, Jamal Dean yeah. play. Yeah, might have been pass interference. I don't think he grabbed his face mask. I think his hands were up high, but I don't think he pulled and grabbed. It looked anyway. like the, the pass interference might, or like the face mask might have been a part of the pass interference call. Right. Is that what you saw, Scott? Well, that's what was called. And, okay. and, it, and I, I think that was the case. It was a bang-bang play. I knew that she had a replay. I, I didn't tune into it, though. But the thing is, is I've, I've never seen that get called along with pass interference before. I'm not, I'm not challenging the rule. Obviously, it, it was called. But I've never seen that happen where it's essentially 25 yards or 30 yards, whatever it was, when you added both those penalties. Right. I want to add this. I just – for record, I feel better if I get it off my chest. Chris Godwin's catch at the end of the game was offensive pass interference, in my opinion. But here's what I'll say. It was not full extension, arms away from the body pass interference, which is, whether we like it or not, typically how that play is called. That happens a lot throughout the game. Also, because a play happens at the end of a game doesn't mean it was the only play in the game that changed the game or the only unfair call that changed the game. Don't be so linear in thinking, Cowboys fans, that you think that only that play – mattered you know of all the calls only that one influenced the outcome no it plays and get in calls throughout the game several of which were bad against the bucks influence yeah. the outcome of a game I, I just agree because it Chris. doesn't happen at the end it was also matter. holding right it was yeah. also holding on that play you definitely high. say that yeah and, and i think that's why the ref didn't throw the flag because the holding was there and then within a second you see the the push off a little bit by godwin so th that's the, you know the, that's that's on both players, and they're going to let him play in that situation most of the time. And I think the refs made the right call, which was a non-call in that situation. I, I was just arguing about uh, about this with my friend, and my point was: if you're throwing back shoulder against press coverage, it's going to look like a push off very often. If you just think about the way that goes down, there's a corner right in front of you. You're the yeah. receiver here. You're turning around here. You're not going to just keep your arms to your side especially when there's some hand fighting from the corner too, there's going to be a little bit of hand fighting. You turn this way, the corner is going to fall down just because their momentum is pushing them right. one way, right? They're trying to go backwards and now suddenly turn, turn this way. I think on back shoulder throws on press coverage, I'm not saying it was an OPI, but I think it's going to look like that a very high percentage of the time. And I'm curious to look at that replay again in full speed, not in slow motion in full speed. Right. Exactly. No, it's a, yeah. That's a good point. I think that that'll be something that, that is worth looking at, but yeah, Back to the usage on these running backs, Paul, and then we'll get you out of here, get JC and Matt, and hopefully Casey in here as well to get their thoughts before this one wraps up. But I am curious to see where this backfield goes because last year it was like, okay, well, Rojo screwed up, but you know, Leonard's not gonna, he's gonna screw up too eventually. <laughs> and he did the next play. And yeah. so, how do you meet that out when you're coaching? You go back to the film room and you say, Leonard had a dud play, Rojo had a dud play. Rojo obviously, you know, is a guy that they felt really highly about in the past and they praised up and down and Leonard has struggled, but they obviously believe in him some too. And to Leonard's credit, although I don't think he was great, really productive with his catches, he made a great leaping catch in front of Micah Parsons on the only weird play of the game by Brady, like where Brady was like lost his footing and, and fell on the ground. And then just kind of like, I don't know what that was. I've never seen Brady like throw the ball while falling like that. Like he normally just eats it, takes a sack and go, you know, he put the ball sort of, it was kind of a crazy throw, and Leonard went up and got it. Was that the one where he was falling down? The one where he was falling down, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, maybe watching some Mahomes tape, right? <laughs> I know that's a, yeah. Somebody in the chat actually said that they're like Brady's better than Mahomes with those falling down throws. But <laughs> yeah. that is what it looked like. But I'll give Leonard credit. He went up, made a great catch in that situation. It was easy stuff at late in the game, but he caught the ball. That's an improvement over what we saw early in the game. And so, you know, he wasn't horrible as the game went on. He he made the, he made up for his mistake as best he could with the opportunities that came his way, trying to be fair to him. But you don't have either of these guys looking like they're any different than last year early on. And you have Giovanni Bernard. So, man, I hear you, Paul, but now I'm thinking, like, Giovanni Bernard's been here a while. He's one of the smartest players. Everybody – he's a pro, man. He's a pro. I'm just speculating. I think he knows the plays, right? And I wonder – is he healthy? Like, is he well, fully no, 100%? No. I mean, I, I don't think he's healthy because, I mean, he did, he did have the ankle sprain. It right. caused him to miss a little bit of practice. And listen, when you're out there running around and cutting and all that stuff, it's it wouldn't be surprised if he tweaked it a little bit. But we did see him in there late in the game, so I think that's encouraging. Well, right. can't wait to break this down more with you guys. I'll uh, kick it for tonight. Have a good one. See you, Paul. Thank you so much. Get out of here. Rest up. Man. Fun game and so much to break down. We haven't gotten to the defensive side of the ball yet. Let's get to the defensive side of the bubble. First, we got to talk about our friends over at Celsius, Scott. Man, they have energized us as best they possibly can. We are feeling it. What? It's 1-16 in the morning here in Tampa Bay. We are feeling <laughs> it. We are feeling good. And our friends at Celsius, have they energized you this day, Scott, as much as they have me? Drinking yeah, that blueberry they, pomegranate earlier? They, they, well, yeah, they most certainly have. I, I crushed an orange earlier. I'm still going. I'm going to have a problem going to sleep tonight, not just because the Buccaneers won this game in dramatic <laughs> fashion, John, but also because the Celsius is flowing through my veins right now. I'm going to turn it over to, <laughs> to Matt and JC. I'm sure they're highly energized by Celsius as well. Absolutely. Uh, well, get your Celsius, guys. Amazon, you can order your variety pack. Get yourself some Celsius. Get that energy without the crash. It's a cheat code. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It comes in many flavors. You can do the subscribe and save option on Amazon. I'm telling you, go to Celsius.com. Use the store locator. You can find out where Celsius is near you, where they sell it in stores. Also, just go over to Amazon. Get yourself signed up. Get yourself. People are dropping their flavors in the chat. I love it when you all do that because you help out the newbies. I don't know. Uh, let people know what your favorite flavors were. So let's start with you, JC. Defensively for the Bucs. We've talked a lot of offense so far. People, if you have questions, throw them in the chat. Send out this link. Get this. Get thousand. Get a thousand people in here tonight. Just like when we were kicking in in the playoffs after the game. Get a thousand people in here tonight, guys. Promote this. Blow this up. Let's get a thousand people in here. Y'all are doing awesome. We appreciate you hanging with us. It's one eighteen in the morning. It's Friday. It's a victory Friday. It is. It's a victory Friday. Awesome Woo. stuff. Okay, Matt, let's start with you. You're out the game defensively. Still Sean here. Murphy Bunting goes down early, right, in the game after giving up a touchdown. Dislocated yeah. elbow, I think Bruce Aaron said after the game. He also said he's going to be fine. Equate those two things for me. How can you be fine and also have a dislocated <laughs> elbow? That does not seem to make sense to me. Maybe you could just pop it back into place. and then Dr. Matera, they, they, tell yeah. me. <laughs> I looked up WebMD, and that's what it told me. No, um... <laughs> Maybe pop that having, sucker back in and let her rip. Maybe having, yeah, exactly. Rub some dirt on it. You got a couple extra days off. You know, you got the whole weekend. Gonna have a lot of ice, all of that good stuff. Maybe SMB will be ready to go. I was very surprised that Coach Arian said that in the first place. I was because the way we were talking about it in the group yeah. chat and how it's it looked fun. and on TV, yeah. it did, did not look like he's going to play the next week against the Atlanta Falcons. And I mean, it was very. It was rough at times, yeah. especially for Jamel Dean. And Bruce Arians didn't hold back. And his, he didn't light up Jamel Dean, but someone had asked Arians about the secondary in general. He said they played with heart, which is kind of ipso facto. Hey, they tried hard, but they didn't really play their best. And then he was like, yeah, yeah forgot, Jamel Dean struggled. And then someone else asked about Jamel Dean as he well. He also it's called cool. Jamel Dean a hell of a player. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. No, it's cool. But he said, he said how did Jamel Dean do? And Arians went, He'll get better. He'll get better. So, you know, he didn't really sugarcoat it. He, he knew that get any worse. For Jamel Dean. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was bad for Jamel Dean. I mean, not only did he get burned multiple times, a lot of times by Michael Gallup up until Gallup's ankle injury. Uh, he gave up a touchdown to, uh, to Amari Cooper, I yeah. believe on the, I'm looking at the end zone right now on the left-hand side, but the penalties as well, too. He had three penalties Two of them were on the same play, where it was a pass interference, interference, and yeah. he hit him in the face mask as well. So 
things literally went bad to worse for Jamel Dean out there. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a struggling performance for him, and it leaves questions. What is going to happen with the secondary? Sean Murphy Bunting may not be lost for the year, which is, I believe, what Arians was trying to say there, but he is certainly going to be a question mark for the coming weeks at the very least. So how do they weather this storm? Jamel Dean, to me, the biggest thing with Jamel Dean that I keep coming back to is feel. He just doesn't seem to have great feel for what's happening around him. Certainly not on a consistent basis. Feel is kind of a weird, ambiguous term, and I apologize for it. But I think if you watch great corners play, and really good corners play even, feel Wait, are you, are you apologizing because you don't have a stat about feel? Or there's no yeah, analytics a, about feel? I am. I am. <laughs> I can't give you. I can't give you any science behind you the word. Such a nerd. PFF's going to come up with it, and it's going to drive John. Crazy. Sorry, I don't have stats That's about feel. PFF comes out with feel plus or minus. <laughs> <laughs> but I just—that's why I come back to it, Jamel Dean. The other thing that I'll say is, Carlton Davis played really well in this game. I'm not just talking about the pick. He broke up a couple passes. Yes, there were a couple plays here and there he gave up, but he was not the problem tonight. If everybody else in the secondary play fine. Carlton Davis was not the issue. If everybody else in that secondary played like him, I think you'd have seen a much better result for the pass defense tonight. Having said that, Ross Cockrell gave up a touchdown. Again, he knows where he should be. The lack of athleticism, right? He's not as fast or explosive as Cooper. He recovered best he could, just couldn't get there in time. Great throw, great catch, great timing. Give him credit. Hats off. Jamel Dean gave up a lot in the passing game. We saw a couple on the safeties as well. Andrew Adams was one of those guys. Um, Jakey wants to know who's at the top of the field chart. The best corners in the league, I think, honestly. The best corners in the league have that great feel. They know when the ball's coming. They know when the receiver's breaking. They see the receiver throttle down. They throttle down with him. They can stick in the hip pocket. Dean just kind of sees things happen and then reacts. There's no feel and kind of anticipation for how receivers are going to move. It comes from the eyes and the cerebral. Your eyes yeah. have been Dean's biggest struggle. JC, I'm sorry to leave you waiting so long to speak. <laughs> Talk about the Buck secondary, your observations from this tonight. What are the answers moving forward if Jamel Dean is – or if Sean Murphy Bunding is indeed going to miss some time here? Yeah, well, I agree with Jakey in the comments too. I don't think – I mean, I need to rewatch the game, but Antoine Winfield Jr. I don't think uh, was a liability at all, as well. I think he played pretty good. Um, I think Andrew Adams is definitely going to be on this roster after this week one uh, now that veterans' uh, salaries aren't guaranteed. But, you know – it's going to go back to the drawing board. You're probably going to lose Sean Murphy Bunting for at least a week or two dealing with that dislocated um, elbow. And you're going to have to start to try to disguise what you're doing in the secondary. Uh, it's going to take a lot more pressure from up front as well, getting to the quarterback. Uh, you just played one of the best offensive lines in the league, even without, you know, Zach Martin, they're still a good and hats off to Connor McGovern for doing a pretty dang good job against this, this team. Um, but, you know, it, it comes to just being able to disguise what you're doing in the secondary. Uh, Ross Cockrell, for as good as he is, uh, we saw the athletic limitations. Jamel Dean, as you said, lack of field. Carlson Davis, luckily they're not playing, uh, you know, guys like Amari Cooper anytime soon. You got Calvin Ridley, who, you know, I think is a really good player, but we haven't really seen him do it on a consistent level as the number one guy. So, um, you know, you have him and then week three, you, you, you need the, you need SMB back by week three. That's for sure. And I don't know that you're going to have him back by week three, just to be honest. We'll see. Maybe I'm totally wrong on that. I'm certainly not a doctor. It would surprise me some Falcons, obviously, uh, going to present a formidable task. Rams, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods destroyed the Bucks last year. That's a tough one. Yeah. Patriots, Dolphins, it's a little easier to go through their Eagles. There are certainly some more untested teams, some teams that are less deep. But to start the season, yeah, you're getting about as good a test as you'll get in the secondary. And that matters in this game too, by the way. I don't know that the Bucs will face another quarterback on their schedule. Maybe Josh Allen, maybe Matt Stafford. Um, that is as good as Dak Prescott, and that's as good as those three receivers. Uh, yeah. th those is a special group in my opinion. Um, so I think that that matters a lot in this too. Yes, there are question marks. A lot of this tonight was the scheme. A lot of it was. I'm not going to excuse Dean's play at times. They are playing off a lot again, and that's something that was an issue for them last season. When they blitz and there's no tight coverage behind them, if you face a quarterback who doesn't know what they're doing or panics, you are going to get good results. When you do not, you get what happened with Dak Prescott or Jared Goff last year who knew 
where to go with the football in those situations. McVay had prepared mm. him. They had the answers when the Bucs sent pressure. It just was ugly. Like they could not get a stop. They it, when, when they did, it was usually because of a mistake by the offense. Dallas can kick themselves a lot for missed opportunities tonight too. It's not just the Bucs. Oh, yeah. It felt like opportunities got away from Dallas too. One of the things that allowed them to have success though was their pass protection. Yes, it was a lot of max protect. It broke down a little bit late when they had to get more receivers out in the routes and Vita Bay has started doing his thing. Okay. Bay, so, six pressures on the yeah. night. Okay, that's a good stat. I didn't know how many he got credited with. But 33 Matt, on 33 pass rushes, 18%. Yeah. Just Look, amazing. Looked like Vita Vea was wrecking from our vantage point watching the TV. You seeing that out there at the stadium tonight? Oh, absolutely, especially in the second half. I mean, what at what point did it get to where Dallas was like third and 32 and third and 40 because Vita Vea was just disrupting up the middle, cause, causing a, uh, a holding penalty and, and started turning the tides a little bit in this game. He played so well, they put him on offense to help with the running game a little bit. The running game was, <laughs> it I worked, asked him it was. the other day, remember, Matt? And he just gave me that like nonchalant answer like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then, boom, there, sure enough, he comes out on offense to, to get pick up that first down as a fullback. Love it. Yeah. But, yeah, Vita Vea, Vita Vea, I thought really – because we talked about it beforehand that he was arguably the X factor coming into this game. And if he could mm-hmm. dominate, it could go a long way for the Bucks defense. Now, it took him a little bit. I thought more into the second half was when he really put his stamp on this game. Overall, the Bucks didn't get home as much as I wanted to. I mean, they kept yeah. sending Devin White up the middle. They they brought pressure. They just weren't yeah. able to get to it. But we saw little little flashes of, you know, Shaq Barrett towards the end of the first half, he got the sack. He he chased down Dak Prescott on another play. Mm-hmm. Vita did his thing in the second half. So things are in place. You know, the, the Bucks defense, defensive pass rush is going to get better in that sense. I'm, it's not overly concerned for me. But if that pass rush could have stepped it up a little bit, then another notch or two, I think that would have made a big difference for the secondary that obviously had so many issues yeah. in this game. So uh, overall, I mean, not exactly what you want to see, but I don't think you're ready to say that the sky is falling for yeah, ne- no for sure i felt like there was a lot of joe tryon shrink jason pierre paul and shaq barrett on the field more than i expected i didn't yeah. understand why just using one of those guys as like a slot defender was part of the game plan i gotta have to go back and look at that one because that was i mean dallas just picked that apart early in the game um i think shaq barrett played really well i thought the ball oh, yeah. getting out of dak prescott's hand really fast made a big difference in this game so far so as you watch the group and the pass rush unfold, JC, I mean, I felt like they have the guys. I, I did. I felt like Vita really all game and owned like that. He was showing guys back all game. People didn't realize it early in the game because they weren't getting the same replays of it that they did late in the game. But Vita was taking guys into Dak's lap all game long. Dak was getting off the ball, getting the throws off really well. Um, they knew where to go with the football in those pressure situations. A lot of short stuff, a lot of underneath stuff in the passing game. If they'd played some tighter coverage, I think we would have seen more sacks tonight. But the time to throw for Dak made it really hard for the defense for the pass rush to get home, in my opinion. JC, what did you see? Yeah, I mean, he was going to get out quick. He was taking a lot of underneath stuff. Um, the Bucks got 17 pressures, according to Next Gen Stats, uh, on Dak Prescott. So one sack, 17 pressures, good number. But again, as Matt alluded to, you got to get home more than that. That's going to help the secondary too. But um, you know, this the speed and rate of Dak getting that ball out, and the Bucks just giving you know lack of tackling when he's when he's completing those passes underneath, definitely you know didn't help you know back to the tune of 403 yards you know right. you, you gotta tackle and you gotta get to him and you, when you do get to him you gotta get home and that really did affect um the, the bucks defense as a whole this game yeah for sure it felt like yeah jts was playing a lot of coverage good point by joel there it felt like that was part of the game plan for some reason and it didn't really work out so they scrapped it in the second half and felt like things went i guess a little bit better but still plenty of issues elsewhere to talk about we'll talk more about the defense in a second maybe but first it's time for game balls presented by Hello. manscaped your balls will thank you and before we get to scott's game balls and my game balls let's get through yours here matt matera you were out at raymond james stadium tonight you got to see this whole thing in that stadium first of all before you give us your game balls 
Please tell me what the stadium atmosphere was like tonight. You've covered this team for oh, a couple man. years. So I want to hear from you what the atmosphere was like at the game. Fans, if you were there, share what you think the atmosphere was like at the game. And after you do that, offensive, defensive, special team game balls from you rapid fire if we can. It was incredible. The Bucks have already done a great job. We saw it last season, obviously, when the fans weren't here, when they when they create these hype videos that that you see everyone explode over it on, on social media. To watch the hype video, and then they brought out two giant Lombardi trophies, and uh, the Glazers made a speech. They had this red and white light going and all these fireworks. It it was like an experience. It was like being at a concert, but it was like being at a festival all at once. And then they brought out the, the big Buccaneers flag, and they had this like techno music bumping, and everyone had these flags, and the place was just it was the place was rocking. I, I literally tweeted out, "This place is rocking." You could feel <laughs> the electricity. It was just unreal out there. Everyone was going nuts. It was mostly Bucks fans. Sure, there was a little contingency of, of Cowboys fans, but the people were going wild. That was the most chaotic in a positive way. It was the most chaotic atmosphere that I've seen since coming to Raymond James Stadium and covering the Bucks. Granted, because. I've been doing this for too long, and I mostly just saw losing teams. Yeah. That was the biggest packed house I've ever seen. The crowd was in it the whole time. Home field advantage was certainly a thing, and it was awesome to see. Yeah, that's special for Tampa Bay and Bucks fans. Yeah. And, and a game result that they won't soon forget. All right, uh, Matt, uh, your offensive, defensive, and special teams game balls presented by Manscaped. Who are you picking? So offense, I got to go with – my main man, Rob Gronkowski, two tutties, as everyone has alluded two to. Tutties. He was uh, obviously, it looked like the Gronk of old. I mean, he contributed right away, made a big pass across the made a big reception across the middle. The two touchdowns, he was integral for that last drive to set up the last field goal. Everyone's saying Gronk is in the best shape that he's been in since returning. It showed tonight. I thought he was uh, he was great. I mean, he got 29 fantasy points if you play fantasy football. And if he was on your bench, like I had him because I have Travis Kelsey. It was nice to see Gronk do well. It hurt my fantasy team. But, yeah, <laughs> game ball for Gronk there. Defensive side of the ball, we just spoke about him. Vita Vea, the way he disrupted things in the second half, I think it's a sign of things to come. When Vita Vea is dominant, it makes it very tough for offenses to mm. really do their thing. So. Yeah. Vita Vey, I'm going to give the game ball to him. Special teams, Jaden Mickens. I mean, from rags to riches, going from the practice squad. I told y'all. elevated. <laughs> I told y'all. He's the kick returner. He was doing it on kick returns. He was doing it on punt returns when the Bucs weren't getting penalties. Bruce Arian said after the game that special teams won them this game, and it was multiple areas in special teams, obviously with Ryan Suckup. But Jaden Mickens set the tone. Jaden Mickens made you believe that the Bucs could score on a punt or kick return touchdown, and Bucks fans do not have that feeling too much. So it's great to see Jaden Mickens get across midfield, move the ball down the field. All you have to do is hold on to the ball because you got Tom Brady as your quarterback. So Let's he can go. go anywhere. They scored on a 90-yard drive. But if you want to give Tom Brady the ball at midfield or the 30-yard line or however far down you want to go, great for you, Jaden Mickens. Awesome game. Yeah, awesome game by Jaden Mickens. Picked him to make my final 53-man roster. Got laughed at. Laughed at by the people, I tell you. But look, justified in the end. J.C. Allen, your Manscaped game balls, offensive, defensive, special teams. Who are you taking? Presented by Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Who are you thanking for their fine performances in this game, J.C.? I'm going to thank, first of all, on offense, the king of comebacks, the guy I've seen do it so many times. In fact, I've seen him do it 40 times throughout his career. Uh, and also 48 game-winning drives, 49 game-winning drives, uh, just second of all time behind Peyton Manning in both of those statistical categories. Tom Brady, he does what he does when he does what he does. I mean, you look what he did throughout the game, four touchdowns, 300 and some odd yards, and then the game-winning drive to set up a Ryan Suckup game-winning field goal. The guy just does it consistently all the time. Tampa, you've seen it four times so far, his, his fourth quarter comebacks, and it just doesn't get any sweeter than watching Tom Brady just dissect the defense down the field and put you in the position to win a football game. Tom yeah. Brady is my offensive defensive player. 
<laughs> Listen, I mean, man, off my offense. <laughs> I was gonna say your offensive and defensive player. He's he really good in here. You need to go to sleep, buddy. <laughs> Who's your defense? Oh, uh, real quick, we should just say that uh, Brady and Gronk connected for their 100th career touchdown together between the two of them. So shout out to them. That's a yes. that's an awesome milestone. And two tutties. And two 101 tutties. too, right? Was it just 100? Or I believe the second one was 100. 101. Yeah. So not only that, they are now in second place, third place, I believe, is the most touchdowns between a tight uh, wide receiver or, or pass catcher and a quarterback. They passed Jerry Rice and Joe Montana. So they're killing it. Um, yeah. On defense, I'm going to go with uh, Sack Barrett. Let's go with him. Five pressures, the only sack of the game, continually putting pressure on Dak. Dak Prescott didn't get home as much as we would like, but on 36 pass rushes, he got he, he, he got after him five times significantly. We saw him push him out of that pocket one uh, that one play. Would have had two sacks if Dak didn't get up past that one yard when he pushed him out of bounds. But, uh, you know, the return of Sack Barrett, Shaq Barrett, is something this team's definitely going to need. And, you know, I was very uh, impressed by his performance uh, would have liked to see him get home a little more, but you know you can't have a three sack game every 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 game. But then, Especially, yeah, he he got around Layout Collins a good amount of times. I felt like he played well and just it was hard. The ball was coming out before he could get there. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know what? We're gonna go with Mister Pennant Pinion himself. Mm. Man, what just incredible punts by him! Twice he pinned him down deep, one on the two yard line. Uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, he's making a lot of money for a punter," and saying, "You know, maybe he should take a pay cut." And by a lot of people, I said me, <laughs> but I mean, he really <laughs> proved, maybe proved his worth this this game. You know, just going out there and just, you know, what a what a performance by the special teams as a whole. You know, not just on on you know the kicking game, but also the return game, uh, just the punt return, punt block, everything. They just just a great performance by special teams after us just ripping them all preseason long. So well, they were bad in the preseason. So yeah, yeah. Those those <laughs> are my those are my three. Yeah, for sure. No, I I get you. I I just yeah preseason we we had the caveat. We threw it out there. You know, you're still coming together. The pieces are, are gelling. But they were good in this, and I like the way they called things too. You know, I thought in the punt return game they didn't try to go after punt blocks. They set up for their for returns uh, for the return very quickly. They didn't try to chase uh, blocks in this game, even when the Cowboys were backed up. Uh, they set up for the return, and they executed very well in that regard. Kick returns were a lot better, too. I just think Mickens has such good vision. Like, he, he just has – I mean, he did this all year last year. It wasn't like anybody else has been successful as a kick returner. He did this all the time, and he when he got opportunities to return, especially in the playoffs, uh, he did a really good job. So good thoughts by both of you all. Uh, I like the is, game all choices. Go question ahead. is I have for you, John, real quick. Uh, before I sign off here, is Mickens, you're allowed to elevate and bring them up two times during the year. Do you think that Mickens is going to be signed to the active roster permanently? And who do you think will bump off? Or do you think they're going to trust Jard- uh, J- Jalen Darden here maybe week three to take over? I I need to think and pray about it. Let's see. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll, let me look at the roster and I'll consider <laughs> the moves that they could make. But yeah, it I mean, what else can you do if you're making like? Because you got to think Andrew Adams is going to take Chris Cooper's spot, but you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, need to see special teams how many spot, uh, snaps that Grant Stewart have, etc. But yeah. I mean, you, I think with Mickens, you got to find a way to keep him on the roster. I yeah, mean, we'll seven see. wide receivers, but yeah, it's it's going to be tricky. There's certainly a lot to evaluate, and injuries could play a part in this too. We'll see kind of how all that shakes out after this game. But appreciate you guys jumping in here. Great job with the game ball. We're going to get to Scott Reynolds' game ball here now as we get Scott uh, up in here. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got to get to uh, a couple of your thoughts, Scott, on this game. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first with the game balls? How do you want to do this? Um, I'll, I'll go first. I mean uh, – Okay, all right. You steal the good ones. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, it, it's it's hard not to mention Tom Brady, right, because he was dealing tonight, right? and he was throwing the cards mm-hmm. out there and, and winning the bets, and uh, and Rob Gronkowski was at the uh, the receiving end of, of eight of those targets, and he produced eight catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns. Now, listen, that's, that's great numbers for, for Gronk, and, of course, Brady's number. There's four touchdowns over 300 yards again, and those are great. But I, I got to give it, I think, to, to Gronk tonight just because he was super fabulous with the catch and run uh, to set up that Ryan Suckup field goal. And then, of course, there's mm-hmm. two touchdowns. So he picked up where he left off in um, 
uh, in the Super Bowl, right? Two two teddies. So I, I like Rob Gronkowski in that mix. And then I, I think for the defensive player of the game, my game ball on the defensive side is going to go to Carlton Davis on a night where the secondary was forgettable and did not play up to their potential and really didn't have a great performance by any means. Maybe not even a good performance. I thought Carlton Davis played great, John. You look at, at CD, mm. you know, he oh came in. What? What'd you say? I said you took my guy, Carl. Oh, Davis. sorry. Well, I'm just just saying. It's like he had a, he had a, a great uh, alert interception off the tip ball that really should have been caught. It was an amazing throw by Dak Prescott. Hit CD Lamb right between the hands, and he just didn't come up with the catch. But I I like what I saw from Carlton Davis. He clearly looked like the best defensive back uh, in the secondary and for a guy that's in a contract year that, that all of a sudden could catch the ball last year where the, the previous years in Tampa really struggled fighting the ball. Listen, it was one of those those things where he started off the season with an interception. Uh, he was the best of the grave diggers tonight. And he also had three pass breakups. And I thought when the ball was thrown his way, he did a very good job in coverage. So those are my for two sure. guys. Also, I have to give a big shout-out to both special teamers, Bradley Pinion and Ryan Suckup. I believe uh, Bruce Arians was exactly right. Special teams won the game. John, we talked about that at halftime. Special teams was winning the game for Tampa Bay at that point in time. They they sealed the deal. Ryan Suckup, a perfect evening, 36-yard game winner. Okay, so that was that was tough for me because I was going to pick a lot of those players that you just mentioned. <laughs> it's um, okay. I mean, listen, you can double up. That's fine. I I will double up on some of those, but before I get to mine, I'm going to let the the uh, the anxiety kind of prolong itself here a little bit as people await my choices for the game balls, and I'm going to talk about Manscaped, Scott, and what they offer because it's un. Tom Brady of ball trimmers, as they call it. The brand new lawnmower 4.0, only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. <laughs> when you're going towards the end zone, you hear that hum. That's the sound of Paul's Mans- or of, of Scott's Manscaped 4.0 lawnmower razor. When you're going toward the end zone, make sure you use the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men worldwide trust them. So join the movement with our exclusive offer by using the promo code. What is the promo code? Is it Pewter20? Pewter20. Pewter20. P-E-W-T-E-R Pewter20. That's the promo code. You get 20% off and you get free shipping when you do this. Guys, listen to me right now. You need to do this. You need to get yourself Manscaped if you're not yet. Lawnmower 4.0 technology. Look what it comes with. It comes with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. I already mentioned the Lawnmower 4.0, the Ball Trimmer, the Crop Preserver, the Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts. You get the Performance Boxer Briefs, and you get the Shed Travel Bag. Beautiful travel bag from Manscaped. And the Performance Boxer Briefs, I'm wearing them right now. They've powered me through this game. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. They're unbelievable. Telling you, get the Manscaped Packet, the Performance Package 4.0. It's got the light. That's you know all everything going on down there, so you don't get any nicks and things like that. Nice precise shave. It's waterproof. It's got the travel lock on it. The technology is great. The comfort is great. You look great. It's all everything. You feel great. It's important, guys. Take care of yourselves. Male hygiene matters. Manscaped's bringing it back. They're giving you great products to get this thing done. Get twenty percent off Manscaped plus free shipping with the promo code Pewter twenty P E W T E R twenty. It's great stuff, John. And, John, I, I, I listen. I, I got to stop you right there. You said you get two free gifts. You get you get the the Manscaped Ooh. boxers. You also get the shed travel bag. You actually get three free gifts because of uh, Scott Reynolds and the Pewter Report staff. We're going to give you guys if you order using promo code Pewter twenty a Pewter Report T shirt, gray, mm-hmm. black, white, free, free shirts, free shipping, right to you. Okay. All you have to do is email me your receipt, srpeterreport.com. Super easy to remember. SR, that's me, at peterreport.com. Forward me your proof of purchase. The great thing is it doesn't have your, your financial information. Don't want it, don't need it, but it does have your address, which I do need to send you the shirt. So all you have to do is forward that to me and let me know what color you want, black, white, or gray, and what size. And we'll send it off yeah. to you. John, the last time we did this, after the Texans game, we had Eight orders. Yeah. Eight. 
People are jumping in ready to yes. get manscaped up. It's great. It's what it's I'm what telling they you. Need to be join doing the masses. Get the free shirt. Save twenty percent plus the free shipping with Manscaped. All right, John. Let's get your yeah. your game ball here. Let's round it out with your game ball. Absolutely. Uh, good comment and observation here by Joey Salsa. Shout out to the entire Pewter Report crew. Y'all killed it with your amazing coverage today. Much appreciated, Joey. Thank it was you. a ton of fun. The pregame show started at six p.m. We have been on the live stream since then. Somebody has been streaming at some point. Casey and I had the pregame shot at Whiskey Wings. It was a great show. It was a great time with the Bucks fans out there. We loved it. Uh, we got to bring the pregame show. Thousands of you all jumped in and watched us on there. And then we got to do the in-game lives. Then Scott, you and JC took over. Matt jumped in for a little bit. And we had a special guest on to cover the Cowboys. We had all, all kinds of stuff going on in the pregame show. It was so much fun. I felt like we got through so much good information. We really prepared fans for the game, which is what I was really hoping to get out of that. Then we've got the live game stream going. Mark Schofield was in there. That's right. You might know fun. Brady better than Brady knows himself. <laughs> he was in there breaking things down. He texted me after the game. He said that was one of the most fun things he's done in this field and his time in this field. He loved it. And guess what? Week four, Bucks, Patriots. You can expect to see Mr. Schofield back for the full game, he said this time. He is that into it and loved what we were doing. And then obviously the Peter Report post-game podcast. Uh, has been a blast with y'all. Y'all always get this thing rocking. We appreciate y'all so much. All right, my game balls. Here we go. On offense, it's unquestionably, with all due respect to Antonio Brown and all due respect to Rob Gronkowski and all due respect to the offensive lineman that played well and anybody else I may have forgotten to mention, you cannot give this game ball to anyone but Tom Brady, Scott. He was unbelievable in this game, and he was unbelievable despite the fact that it seemed like his team had plotted against him. For portions of this game it seemed like these That's guys true. were out to get portions of this game even making them throw that how Mary at the end of the first half to give him a pick a two pick first half for tom brady in which neither of which were really his fault man i'm telling you tom brady was outstanding tonight it felt like he almost did no wrong in this game which is very hard to do at that position plays his group could have helped him out a lot more if he did. This is a 500-yard game for Brady. It's probably a five-touchdown game for Brady. He was sensational. He shredded Dallas. He deserved a better, a more overwhelming result. They got the yeah. W anyway because of him, marching him down the field with big throws, getting the job done. He was outstanding. It's Brady without question. With all due respect and a shout-out to A.B. because he did not get a game ball from anyone on our show, which surprised me. Um defensively you're right it's Carlton Davis it was really could have only been three guys in my mind uh Vita Vey has been mentioned he was really good Shaq Barrett was really good as well I also think Jason Pierre Paul played really well yeah. and his holding penalty that he drew was a huge huge play in that game uh on Tyron Smith it's a what? great rush we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the the double duo in the middle right 11 tackles for Levante David, 10 tackles for, for Devin White. I thought both those guys played solid, not spectacular, but mm -hmm. solid. They did a good job tackling and stopping some of those those catches that um, that could yep. have been big gains if not for some sure tackles by 45 and 54. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's only so much you can do when they don't run the ball at all, right? Dallas barely ran the football. Um, it wasn't There wasn't a lot for Levante David, and they weren't necessarily targeted a bunch either. Tackling could have been a lot better for Devin White for sure. But, yeah, I think that defensively, Carlton Davis played a really good game. A couple pass breakups, had the interception, obviously. He wasn't perfect in the game. These are tough matchups for him. He didn't get shredded. If he had gotten shredded and if he had fallen off a cliff his play, right. I think that really would have killed the Bucs tonight because without – and when they lost Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean was struggling. Yeah. Ross Cocker gave up a touchdown. They had the Mike Edwards was out for a while. No, I did. They needed Carlton Davis to be a rock, and I felt like he was a rock uh, for this team. John, you know who else is a rock? We got 570 Buccaneer fans, Peter Report fans, in the chat right now at 1:49 a.m. Eastern Time. So. With the last 60 seconds we have, I want a roll call. I want, I want you to type in where you are right now, what country, what city, what state, whatever. Let me know right now for the next 60 seconds. We'll try to get as many up as we can. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's see where you guys are, are at right now at 1.50. Maybe it's 12.50 Central Time. Maybe it's 11.50 Mountain Time. Maybe it's 10.50 on the West Coast. But let us know where in this country, around the world, you are in those comments. All right.
Sacramento, California, Los Angeles. We're going to get a lot of different replies here. Atlanta, Dallas, Austria, Chicago. They're pouring in now here for people. It's always crazy to me how many fans we have internationally. While they're pouring in and you're posting those up on the screen, special teams, I'm obviously going to go with Mickens. I mean, Bradley Pinion played a great game. You mentioned Ryan Suckup. He absolutely deserves it as well. But uh, Mickens, I mean, not only the return stuff was huge, but I'll point out his, his work as a gunner too. You know, I thought that was huge for him, you know, to be able to get down there, make plays as a gunner. He hustles his tails off. He beat the vice several times as a gunner. He made a play where he got the ball pinned down at like the uh, inside the five. Uh, that might have been the one that got called back due to the penalty, but he is still a great play by him. So, yeah, all over the place, I felt like there were just great plays by Jaden Mickens on special teams. It wasn't just the return game. He looks like a guy that's got to be up, and if he can be one of your gunners – I don't know what's gonna happen with the practice squad. It's gonna he's create it's creating some you know Chris Cooper seems like a sure bet with the way Andrew Adams played to go back down uh, and say in the practice squad should be able to get him there easily. Obviously, that's not the plan with Darden. I don't think so. What what do they do with that receiver spot? How do they justify the receiver situation? There's a lot to work out there, especially when guys like Tom Johnson and Scotty Miller don't play special teams. No doubt about it. Listen, thank you all very much, Peter Nation, for sounding off. That was awesome. We've got several countries around the globe represented. We've got several states around the country represented. We've got several cities around the great state of Florida represented. And uh, y'all were in for a treat tonight. Boy, that was a lot closer than people wanted it to be. But it still starts the season with a dub. And anytime that happens, listen, it was better than last year, right? They started off 0-1 losing at uh, New Orleans. So right now the Buccaneers are already ahead of pace from where they were last year. We know how last year ended, John. We were there at Raymond James Stadium when the Buccaneers beat Kansas City. I think there's going to be a lot of improvement between week one and week two, and Todd Bowles has got a couple extra days to help this young secondary figure things out, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of room to grow, and we got a lot to break down. Tomorrow we'll be back on the podcast, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll have a lot to break down for you all from this game as we look at snap counts and some more stats and analytics and things like that. We've got a lot to analyze in this game for sure. It's a win. It's 1-0. There's lots yep. to work on. There's lots Thank to you for the Super Chats tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. The Super Chats, huge help as well. So for all the Pure Report crew, which did an unbelievable job today, so proud of our team. I think they were just sensational today. Couldn't be happier to be a part of this group. Absolutely awesome from start to finish, Scott. For all of them and for all the Bucks fans hanging with us, we really appreciate all we love y'all. We'll catch you again tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Pure Port Podcast. Out. Out.